The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. We've got uh, another guest in the studio, which I, I've, I've been really excited about this guest uh, for a while. And we've finally, because of her busy schedule, able to get her in here. So I want to introduce uh, Emily McKinley. Now, she's the Director of External Affairs for Tennessee Donor Services. Uh-huh. I know a lot of people have heard about donor services and you know organ donor and things like that, but we have a lot to talk about. So why don't we kick off, give us some background on yourself, tell us what Tennessee Donor Services is all about. Absolutely, thanks so much for having me here, Absolutely. Jeff. Yeah, this is wonderful. So Tennessee Donor Services is a nonprofit healthcare organization here in Tennessee, and we serve six million people. We are the organization that makes organ donation happen. So oftentimes you hear about the transplant surgeons and hospitals and individuals who've received transplants, but we're the ones behind the scenes who are working with families, who are working with hospitals to ensure that those life-saving gifts are made. And so we facilitate that across the state and our goal is to save lives, save and improve lives every day. I had no idea that that was the thing. I thought that the hospitals you know, would find the organs at, you know, this hospital across in Memphis or whatever. Hey, we got one, they bring it over and that's that's how it works. But that is not the case. That is not the case. There are wow. 57 organ procurement organizations throughout the United States and we are one of them. And we work with 195 hospital partners here in Tennessee specifically to help them facilitate that process so that the hospital team can really focus on caring for their patients. Mm-hmm. That way there's, there's no question about about, you know what's happening there the hospital team can focus all their efforts on caring for their patients and then only when death occurs are we brought in to work with families and to to make that organ donation happen and make sure that the the 106,000 Americans who need those organs that they are able to get get every chance at sure. a second chance at life so let's do a walkthrough on uh, the procedure one would go through or this how this process would work if somebody was to donate uh, a liver and, and Let's take it from signing up all the way to when it's implanted. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. And it's a really, really complicated and robust process. But the first yes is registering as an organ and tissue donor. And so we encourage everyone to now register. They could, do, they could do that through their driver's license and go and online. online. Yes, oh, no. absolutely. BeTheGiftToday.com okay. is where you can go and you can take that time right now. It's 30 seconds to register as an organ and tissue donor and that's the first yes and it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give your family because they don't have to make that decision for you the first yes 
that's where the process starts. Okay. If you want to be an organ and tissue donor, we encourage you to register. And then what happens is that in the event that someone passes away, the medical care team at the hospital will make a referral to Tennessee Donor Services. And Tennessee Donor Services will then come in with our clinical teams and will assess the individual for potential to be an organ donor. This happens pretty fast, though. It does happen pretty yeah. fast. It, it does. At that point in time, if they are deemed to have potential to be a donor, then another one of our teams is called in to work with the family, and they will meet with the individual's family to discuss the possibility of donation. Okay. And if the individual has already made that decision, has already registered as an organ and tissue donor, this makes it so much easier for the family because they're in the midst of trauma yeah. and grief at this point. And so knowing that their loved one had intended to give these life-saving gifts to another gives them hope in this this period of grief. And this is why they ask you upon a mission, are you an organ donor, a living donor, whatever, you have to check those that information upon going to the hospital. Yes, and a lot of times that's not asked at the hospital because, again, we don't want anyone to ever question whether or not they are going to be cared for first and foremost. You will always receive full life-saving care. Um, everything, every effort will be expended. Mm -hmm. right. But I guess they, they would probably need to know if you're a donor or not, <laughs> you know, so they, in case something would happen, even, even though if it's just a simple procedure, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but. Right. Well, and we, we have access to the registry. So if something were to happen, we would be able to look that up. And so okay. when a case comes up, we're able to see that on our end, okay. whether or not someone was a donor. So let's proceed. So. Yeah. So then our teams will meet with the family. Okay. It's a hard job. Um, I've had the privilege of shadowing some of my colleagues as they have been there and literally held hands with families and discussed this. But again, a lot of hope comes out of that for the family. And so so at that point in time, if the family does agree or we know that this individual was a donor and that was his or her intent, then our team works with what's called UNOS. It's United Network for Organ Sharing. They are the ones that we reach out to that, and we give information about the organs that are available and blood type, things of that, and they do the matching. So it's a very complicated system. And once we put our information into a computer, essentially, we start seeing potential matches. Then those potential matches come back to us and our team reaches out to transplant centers. And transplant centers evaluate their patients that have come up on that list as potential matches okay. to determine whether or not they think that this is a viable opportunity for their transplant patient. Now, I've heard sometimes that they... You have a somebody that's oh, okay. You're getting the call, that mm -hmm. important call. Okay, we have we have a liver, heart, whatever the case is. You need to get here. Absolutely. So they get there, and then they soon find out. No, that's not going to do it. Because I guess maybe they had to bring that that organ in from someplace else, and then they had to analyze it and test it and look at it or whatever they have to do to see if it would actually be a viable match. So sometimes people get they would get two or three calls and get shot down. Right, right, and we hear about that. That's something that happens on the transplant side of it right. and with the transplant teams, and so we don't have any control over that. But the teams that do come um, and are part of the recovery for the organs, they have the opportunity to evaluate that organ's health and then also evaluate, of course, their patients for medical suitability because we want to ensure that these gifts are made with absolute faith that they are going to be 
you know, give someone that second chance of life and that they're going to be used well and that the donor hero is respected and dignified through the entire process. So we know that it's so important that we maximize each and every gift. Let's just say in Knoxville or Memphis, you mm-hmm. know, we have somebody that is a donor. Mm-hmm. They, you would match us up to somebody, let's say, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they would know that. They would have to transport right away. I mean, you have to get here pretty quick. You don't keep this thing on ice, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So it's a really interesting network. And again, there's about 200 people who are behind the scenes making this happen for each and every organ donation that happens and transplant surgery that happens. The teams do coordinate and depending upon which organs are being donated, which organs are being recovered, transplant teams may come and be part of that recovery. We also, Tennessee Donor Services, we also may be transporting to another facility to a transplant center. And so we have an entire logistics wing that is all about making sure that we get those gifts to the recipients as quickly as possible. Right. That's important. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you something. Let's talk about the list. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Everyone, where am I on the list and how does that work? I mean, there's got to be some criteria. It doesn't mean you're the first one on the list, you're going to get the first call. It depends on the matching. Tell us about that. Right. So currently there are 106,000 men, women, and children in this country who are waiting for that life-saving gift. Mm -hmm. And there are about 3,000 Tennesseans who are on that wait list. And they're waiting for a variety of different organs. The most common is kidney. And they could be anywhere on that list depending upon a myriad of factors. It could be, of course, their health is primary. And it could be location as far as being able to match when the matches Mm. come through. So the transplant centers are the ones who evaluate the transplant patients for suitability and whether or not they're even put on a transplant list. Because you might be far down on the list, but if all the other criteria works out, then you're going to get it. Right. So it's a very complicated matrix that a computer system is involved in and they are matched by, of course, you know, suitability, biological suitability, and and Mm. blood type, and size, and those factors, and then also geographic um, proximity between the organ donor and the transplant center. As we proceed through this chronological thing happening, Mm -hmm. uh, once you guys are involved Mm -hmm. uh, with this, then you start the the matching at that point, or? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that can be a very lengthy process, because just as we've mentioned, you have to take in a variety of factors, which include you know the the recipient's illness and and the biological makeup and genetic factors between the donor and then also the the recipient and then once that happens the teams are notified of a potential organ when an individual comes up on that list their transplant team is notified and that transplant team has an opportunity to evaluate the entire case to see you know whether or not this will be viable for their recipient and in that case they will start reaching out to the their recipients and it becomes a logistical oh my gosh yes <laughs> it's like you see people running around with n- n- bad pun i guess to, with their heads cut off going i don't know i gotta go get a scurry get everything in place and and because this thing has to happen pretty quick especially if it's a critical kind of case and we got to make this the transplant quickly absolutely wow. absolutely <laughs> wow. and 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 in the midst of all of this i think it's important that we, we always remember that that we have our donor heroes their family members are are there by their side and they are they are waiting and they are grieving and you know we want to honor that 
process as well. And so we work with a family to provide them with grief resources and do things like our honor walks. Um, you may have seen videos of those um, before, but it's an incredibly moving experience and, and it really helps everyone in this process focus on truly the difference that someone is making and the absolute compassion that goes into making these gifts because we're worth that family walking to the OR as as they're saying goodbye to their loved one. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, it's uh, I've been through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can tell you, it's, uh, it is a process, but I, I have to say it's amazing. I mean, how these doctors and surgeons can do what they do, uh, it's uh, totally mind-blowing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, of course, had a great outcome and everything. We we'll, might talk about that in the next segment because it gets a little lengthy on that. But uh-huh. we, we have so much to, to go over. But, you know, uh, folks, we're talking with Emily McKinley. She's the Director of External Affairs with Tennessee Donor Services. Give, let's give that website again, that bethegift.com. Is bethegifttoday.com. Okay. Yes. Today. Okay. So you have to go there and you can sign up to be an organ donor. Absolutely. You get all the information that you possibly would need on that. Uh-huh. It, it's so important that everybody kind of pitch in. Absolutely. And we know that across the United States, we know that most people support organ and tissue donation. We're talking 95% of Americans, but so few take the time to register as an organ and tissue donor. And so if you take 30 seconds right now to go to bethegifttoday.com and register, you could be saving lives. And every organ donor has the opportunity to save as many as eight lives. And tissue donors improve or heal 75 more. And that's just the direct impacts. If you think about that, if you think about your family, Jeff, if you think about Kathleen Mm -hmm. and her receiving a liver, you know, it didn't just impact Kathleen. It impacted your family and it impacted her friends and it impacted this entire community here because of the work that she does to bring us all together. So those impacts are so profound. It it totally is. And it's so exciting Uh because she's here now. (laughs) Yes. And she might not have been. So it it does make it very important that you consider this. And, uh, you know, we have so much to talk about. So let's take a break right now. And we'll come back on the other side. And we will talk about uh, a great event that's going on right now, as a matter of fact. And uh, we'll be talking with Emily McKinley, Director of External Affairs with Tennessee Donor Services. We'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more Sumner County Spotlight. We're talking with a good friend, Emily McKinley. Now, she's the Director of External Affairs uh, with Tennessee Donor Services. You know, I think this is such an important uh, business, and which I think a lot of people really didn't know existed. But you all are in charge of coordinating all these donors and, and getting the, the actual donations to the transplant areas and the people that need transplants. So Absolutely. what a job. Wow. Absolutely. It's so fulfilling. It's such an amazing place to work and, and working with with our teams, it's hard to put into words what our colleagues do on a daily basis, every day, working with families, working with our hero donors, working with patients and medical teams from around the country. It's an incredible opportunity. And how many people get to say that they are literally working to save lives every right. single day? They are, yeah. And this, this is so important. And a lot of people don't realize that you too can be a donor. 
Absolutely. Anyone should consider themselves a potential donor. It's, all they have to do is, is register as an organ and tissue donor at bethegifttoday.com. It takes 30 seconds and it's a way that you can ensure that you have a hand in saving and improving lives. We know that people of all ages, of all medical histories and all backgrounds mm-hmm. have the opportunity to be an organ or tissue donor. Sure. And, and we never know what's going to happen. I mean, you can walk out this door right now and get struck by lightning, let's say, or hit by a car. I mean, your life can change just that fast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even if you don't have the, the opportunity to be an organ donor, most people have the opportunity to be a tissue donor. And and tissue is pretty extensive as far as, you know, we're talking about bone grafts, skin okay. grafts, ligaments, and heart valves, all sorts of different parts of our body and corneas. So you have the opportunity to restore mobility, to bring health, to wound care and reconstruction after possibly a, a mastectomy for an individual who has had breast cancer or, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just lots of opportunities opportunities as a, a tissue donor to restore sight even right. to an individual. Now, can they specify on there that they do not want their body to go to research? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on our registry, people do have an opportunity to specify gifts if they are, have that concern. Okay. Mm-hmm. People might be concerned about this. I don't want to be laying on a slab and having everybody staring at me and studying me kind of thing. I mean, I think that's important. They have to have that that capability mm-hmm. so they can learn, uh, which is amazing, the amount that they've learned about the human body up to this point, and it's still probably mind-blowing to a lot of folks. But uh, So what is your service area? Right, so we serve most of Tennessee. We serve six million people here in Tennessee, and we have a partner, um, Mid-South Transplant Foundation, that serves Memphis and the western edge of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you actually service uh, Sumner County? So in Sumner County, we have partners in our hospitals we work with, and we have staff members who are regularly meeting with our hospitals here in Sumner County. We also have community partners who are working to increase the registry here. And though specifically, we have had a great champion in our county clerk, Bill Kemp. He was one of the founding members of the Tennessee County Clerk Organ Donation Awareness Foundation. Mm-hmm. Many of you may not know or have realized that when you go to renew your car tags or to register your vehicle, that there's an option to donate a dollar. And that goes to that Organ Donation Awareness Foundation that the Tennessee County Clerks started years ago. And that money is then used to help maintain our organ donor registry. It's also used to help promote awareness in our communities. And then we also work with our Department of Safety here in Tennessee. You may know when you go to your driver services center and you get a license, that you have the option to register as an organ and tissue donor there. And so we work very closely with them. And mm-hmm. TWRA? Wow. Yes. So we, we have a new partnership with TWRA, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And we're going to see new registry options with them. We also okay. have partnerships with local businesses. We have been very lucky to work closely with vendors and businesses like Busy Bee. Uh, they're a printing service here in town who also believe in our mission and have really helped us to try and shape a campaign around donations. So so if somebody wanted to get involved, let's say a business wants to get involved with mm-hmm. you, become a partner, how would they do that? Yeah, so the best way to do that would be to reach out to me, actually, Emily McKinley, and you can do it via email, emily.mckinley at dcids.org, or call us at Tennessee Donor Services, and we will work with you to come up with a partnership to inspire your employees, to inspire 
customers to register as donors and we can work together to make that tailored just to you and to this community. Right. You have social media presence as well? Absolutely. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can find us under Tennessee Donor Services easy. and Donate Life Tennessee. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. so easy. Just start typing in. It's going to pop up there. Absolutely. And like and follow the page. I'm sure they appreciate that. And uh, everybody needs help. I mean, everybody needs help. Yeah. And when you go to register, if you share that with your friends and family, not only are you inspiring them to take the 30 seconds to register as organ and tissue donors, but you're also letting them know your intent, which is so important because if they have to make those decisions for you when you pass away, they have the comfort of knowing that they are doing so with your wishes in mind. We have a special month going on right now. Absolutely. April is? National Donate Life Month. And so this is a great opportunity to support donation and to recognize our hero donors uh, here in Tennessee and throughout the country. So you're going to see it throughout the country and in our local communities. We have proclamations that are being signed supporting Donate Life Month and organ and tissue donation in the community. We have buildings that are being lit up across the state this month, um, particularly on Blue and Green Day, uh, which is April the 22nd, and Donor Remembrance Day, which is April the 30th. But we also have hospitals who are rotating throughout the month. So if you see blue and green this month, know that 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 is for your organ donation awareness. Um, We are trying to get out the word and get everyone to register to be the gift. Here's a fact for you. Mm-hmm. I just happen to know this, by the way. You know that there's actually no cost to the donor's family or the estate for the organ, eye, or, or I guess tissue donation. Uh, the donor a family pays only for medical expenses before death mm-hmm. and the costs associated with the funeral arrangements. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyone can be an organ and tissue donor. There's no cost to the family and your funeral arrangements can be just as you have planned. Uh, We make sure that the donor's wishes are respected. They're treated with absolute respect and dignity through the entire process. And if you want to have an open casket funeral, you can even have an open casket funeral. Listen to this fact. I bet you didn't know this. (laughs) She gave it to me. That social or economic status does not determine who receives the, the organ. That's right. I mean, for waiting patients, I mean, what really counts is their severity of illness, the body size, I guess, tissue type, blood type, and and other medical detriments that that could affect that. So it's not, you know, how much money you make or or even if you're homeless. Absolutely. Absolutely. So recipients of the organs, those, their eligibility is determined by their transplant center, by their care team and their doctors. And when organs are matched to the transplant recipients, it happens through a very complex complex matrix, computer-generated matrix. So all we know on our end is that a match comes up based on those those health factors and the proximity to the donor. So, I mean, there's just tons of information I think people can find out by going to the website, going to social media and such. And we talked about Blue and Green Day, so that's going to be April 22nd. What? Yes. So people are going to light things up. Uh, what other things uh, you foresee happening? Yeah, so we have a social media campaign that's happening on Blue and Green Day. So 
get on social media, wear your blue and green in support of organ and tissue donation, post a picture. You can get a big red bow if you decide to be the gift and register at bethegifttoday.com. You can have a big red bow that you can post on your social media as well. And you can share that you are an organ and tissue donor. And then there are going to be lightings across the state. So we have several that are happening in Nashville in particular. They're going to light up the bridge down there? They are going to light up a bridge down there. Yes, they're going to light up the Capitol. They're going to light up the Adventure Science Center. We have lots of partners. BNA, um, the airport, the parking garages. I know you all have seen the LED lights there. Incredible. Yes. So they were lit up earlier this month already, and they're going to continue to be lit up throughout the month. And then we have several hospital partners who are also lighting up blue and green. So blue and green. So if you see those colors, what is that for? Well, now you know. Mm -hmm. Now on April 30th, what do we have going on then? So that is Donor Remembrance Day. And that's also an opportunity for us to recognize our donor heroes. There will be more blue and green. There will also be flag raisings at our hospitals on that day and throughout the month. Because we have 195 hospital partners here in Tennessee and we have donors who are coming from every community in Tennessee, we want to make sure each community really knows the impact of those donors. And this is an opportunity for us to share throughout the month. We also have proclamations that are being signed and announced throughout the month by different cities and businesses who support organ and tissue donation. What you guys do, I think, is so important. And I I just I think it's so important to highlight this, Mm -hmm. to let everybody know how important it is and how valuable you can be to saving a life. You know, having gone through this with uh, with Kathleen here in this past year, we just celebrated uh, well, it was um, a year of January. Mm-hmm. Going through it initially, I can tell you how how stressful it was not knowing. You know, you try to get the education about this, but you know, with our when we were, were finally determined, okay, this has got to happen. Got to have a liver transplant. Well, we were assigned a team down at Vanderbilt, and they were so incredible about education, and that's that's what people need right. that education to to understand what this process is going to be like because it is so many steps. <laughs> to, and, and they give you this huge book of things you can do and not do, and you can't do anymore. You know, there's things you have to do some lifestyle changes uh, with these things. Right. In her case, it was the liver, but I'm sure in heart and lungs, there's there's certain factors you have to follow as well. But I, I have to say, I mean, it was an incredible process to go through. We were actually surprised how fast we got the call. Yeah. And I think because of our close proximity to Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. you know, here it was was part of it. Her body size. There, there there's a lot of factors that go into the match. I think because she was so close, we can get down there in 20 minutes. Uh, even though we got down there in 20 minutes, but had to wait several more hours right. uh, until it actually happened. Come to find out the actual donor was in Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So that process was there and it had to happen pretty quickly. Right, right. But they were great. Yeah, yeah. it's it's an incredible process. And when you realize that there are about 200 people behind the scenes that are making this happen, mm-hmm. it's really incredible. And I think we mentioned in the earlier segment that every donor has the opportunity to save potentially eight lives through organ donation and improve or heal 75 more through tissue donation. And that's just the direct impact. Those are people who are directly receiving those gifts. When you think of how many people are impacted, and I can tell you personally that our teams are impacted. So it is with each and every donor that we work with and each and every family, there are these incredible stories that come out of it. There are these these stories of hope and healing and families connecting with between the, the donor family and the recipients who connect because of these gifts that have been shared and they find new family and new friends. And yeah. it's just incredible. You told me a story about a little 
a, a little guy. Uh-huh. You remember uh-huh. that one? Yes. We have lots of donor families here in Tennessee. In fact, last year we, we had a record-breaking year and we had four hundred more than 430 organ donors. And those families have the opportunity to connect. And we have one family where the mother of the donor put together that the recipient, they connected actually through social media initially. Oh, wow. And she ended up seeing the recipient, I believe, in the hospital for the first time and now is raising um, or loving this child as her own grandchild along with oh, her grandchildren wow. <laughs> whose father was this recipient's donor. Tremendous. It's wow. incredible. Well, and, and I think when you, you, you hear these stories and you see the outcomes and you see how lives are changed mm-hmm. and lives are saved, mm-hmm. Just by a, a simple All you have to do check is in say the box. Yes. That's mm-hmm. it. Emily McKinley is doing an incredible job. She's the Director of External Affairs for Tennessee Donor Services. You have to head over to bethegifttoday.com. Mm-hmm. Check them out on social media. Uh, reach out. Ask your questions. They'll be happy to answer all of that. And Emily, thanks so much. Thank you in. so much. This wow. is wonderful. We really appreciate this. And we just encourage everyone to consider themselves a donor and, and really think about being that gift for someone else. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks for all that you you do. And that's going to wrap up this segment. We'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. All right, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon right here. And of course, our show sponsored by FNM Bank for all of your banking needs right here in Hendersonville. We definitely appreciate them uh, being on board. We're going to, uh, let's, uh, let's bring a name you probably know, which I'm, I'm sure you know. And we're talking to Scott Couch here, Fox 17 News. That's right. All the news that's fit to print or print to fit. <laughs> Good morning. Well, and, and you know, you, you've been a resident here in Sumner County for, geez, how long? You know, I think we moved in in maybe 95, you wow. know, something like Old that. Timer. Yeah, we moved to Gallatin in 95. We're from, my wife and I both are from Glasgow, Kentucky. And we were forever, even when we were living in Nashville, you know, as newlyweds, you know how it is. Um, we were driving home to see mom and dad, that sort of thing, because both of our folks were in town. We were always going through Gallatin. And at a certain point when my wife's mother was uh, very ill, she had cancer, and we were trying to, you know, get up there as often as we could to see her, because, you know, you know, time mm-hmm. is short, you know, Lord's in charge, and you don't know when the last day is. But we didn't want to miss church. Mm-hmm. So we started getting up early. We'd make it up to Gallatin by around 9 or 10, go to church at, at the time at what was College Heights Baptist Church right there on, you know, on 31 across from Kroger Marketplace. Yeah. And then we would continue on our trip and make it up to, you know, mom and dad's place around lunchtime when they were getting out of church and have lunch. And uh, and we joined a Sunday school class. And why wasn't long before we moved to Gallatin with the help of a bunch of guys that were in our Sunday school class, a bunch of people that we still know, you know, wow. although these, you know, Lord, it's been almost 30 years since then. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Summer County is a good place, as you know. Well, absolutely. And that's... Uh, Ever since we we got here in '16, of course, back when you were here, there's been a lot of changes since. Oh gosh, then. I mean, I, it seems I'm, like you've been here longer too. To be honest with you, yeah, it's, it's shocking only. Oh, I know years. it's 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 gone by so fast. But you know, Kathleen always said when she just barely got here, and she started on July 1st of 2016, and then Freedom Festival was July 3rd. Such so a cool she was deal. thrown right into that, and it was like crazy times. But I remember her calling me. She says, "You know, this feels right. It feels like we're supposed to be here. People are welcoming. Going to be a great place to live." And she keeps saying that to this day. It is. 
Yeah. Love Sumner County people. And, it, and it's amazing. It. So how far, how long a drive from Glasgow to here? Uh, maybe an hour, okay. hour, 15 minutes, you know, kind of depending on traffic. You know, I normally, when I go up there, go straight up 31, you know, out of Gallatin through Bethpage, Westmoreland, Scottsville, and then Glasgow. And there's little places we stop along the way just because, you know, places you know. Well, I think uh, Fox should uh, lend you the helicopter and let you, you know. You know, we actually have a great-looking helicopter, and it's, uh, I don't know, 8, 10 inches, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) suspended from the ceiling. We joke about it, but one of the reporters actually has a little helicopter hanging over their place with Fox stuff on it. That's funny. I remember, you know, back in the day, I'm calling from the chopper up here, and we're going to Exactly right. You know, Sumner County uh, has grown a lot, and we're seeing the the influx of growth, and the housing market is out of control, and everybody wants to, to come here, and there's not enough inventory for people to buy. Oh, And it's just I, I, a good thing, I, I guess so, for the governments. They, they love the, the sales tax, but for, for growth, and people are going to fight growth, as, as you know. And nobody you, likes change. Yeah, you know, we liked no. it the way we liked it when we got here, right. and, uh, yeah. and you're kind of nostalgic about that. Although I, I've seen Gallatin double in population, more than double in population. I remember when there were really not all that many apartment homes, and you know, a lot of young people just starting out. I mean, you know, we did. We lived in an apartment. I now work with a, a, a maybe three, four people, and it's like, oh, really? You live, you know, in Gallatin? You, I had no idea. You know, you, you know them at work, and some Somehow it comes up, especially young people. Yeah. I'm old enough to be their father. Somehow it comes up in conversation. <laughs> where, where are you living? And it's like, well, that's just a few minutes from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, the, uh, the people that I've talked to that have been here a long time, they've raised kids. And the good thing is you're looking at these kids returning because kids always do. They want to, I want to get out of here. Of course. I want to come back here. And next thing you know, here they come back. Because it's a great place to live. My daughter's about to get an apartment uh, <laughs> oh, with a, a friend of hers, and and she works in Nashville. But there's also an affordability factor, and quite frankly, that's one of the reasons you know we move this way. I, well, obviously, you know our folks are from the other side. Do I want to make the old people drive all the way through Nashville to get to see us mm-hmm. and the grandchildren? No. You know your your housing dollar still goes further in Sumner County, which to your point is why you know and, and our schools are good. Absolutely. You know, and that's why folks are coming and the quality of life. Yeah. There's a I remember in a way that you don't when when if you wanted to go to a decent restaurant you had to go someplace else like Rivergate. Well, now we have every restaurant flavor known to man. I mean, where you and I are sitting, man, it's just like yeah, it's all right here. <laughs> yeah, it's all right here. Yeah, and I think there's more coming. There's some great things happening. As you know, I'm sure you guys reported on it, but the new Music City Studios coming in. I think that's so cool. Wow. I mean, that is going to be a game changer here, folks. And you're talking about uh, an influx of movie production touring bands and everything uh, coming right here to Hendersonville to you know take advantage of this facility it's going to be amazing I hope so and you know there's a lot of folks in the music business and entertainment industry that live up here and it's nice to see the sort of the technical television movie making end come because you know you can edit a film here you can practice you know here you can do your thing on the soundstage they had a very successful you know television show um, I, I'm trying to remember which network it was on but the, the Nashville show Sure. And, you know, they had a set, you know, that looked like the Bluebird Cafe, you know, right here in town oh, where you can do that right here. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. The, the folks that, that I've talked to that have been here 40, 50, 60 years, and they reminisce on the days when Main Street was one lane or even Indian Lake Boulevard wasn't even here. No, I remember Just when that came. cow pastures, yeah. you know. Yeah. And now look at it. You know, 
that uh, is such an economic engine too. Uh, and uh, I don't know if other folks do this, but I'm I'm conscious of spending my you know money, and and I have children in Sumner County schools. I try to eat around here. Anything I can buy around here, I try to buy around here. I love the hardware store, you know, Ace uh, up on Main Street. Oh, yeah. uh, Great you know, folks. Greg Yandel's a friend of mine. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I'm supporting a local business. I mean, not that I don't go to Lowe's or other places, too, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm conscious of that. And I try to spend it here to keep my community where I live and I'm raising my kids, you know, um, moving forward. Being the exposure that you have, television and everything, you do make it a point to make appearances here and get out in the public i mean that's you know part of what what you guys do and getting that exposure and drawing that that attention to fox 17 and you know everything that you're doing for the community i think is is incredible and taking you know your time to MC this or make an appearance at this uh, uh, non-profit or what have you is uh, is great now i know kathleen loves having you at the chamber so <laughs> they've been great you know you you show up um, you know when you're asked uh, to to help out to be part of the community the other day i was in gallatin for a boy scout luncheon and uh, one of the nice guys that was being uh, recognized uh, Tommy Tompkins uh, said Scott how long have you done this thing 10 15 years and I said gosh Tommy I don't know you know Roy Alexander from General Tire whenever he asks I say sure you know <laughs> like whenever Kathleen you know writes or calls and yeah. says you let me look at my calendar sure uh, yeah. and you know, you love helping out and showing up and you know because this is where you live and you want it to be great yeah. and uh, it's just kind of about service ser- yeah. serving one's community and if that's you know what your gift is and, and you can serve in that way it's like you can't say no just like when you said would you do this sure yeah. thanks for asking that was really nice you know took me all of 10 12 minutes to get over here <laughs> that's a great thing you know i think i remember ricky skagg saying one time and he was you know loves appearing here like I love hometown him. jams and everything yeah. he just loved it because you can perform and go home and sleep in your bed you're so right. You have to top, hop in the bus and travel 10 hours to get someplace else. You're right here. And and that's one of the, the great things about this area, I think, is just so much to do. There's so many incredible personalities and so much history. And I've talked many times on this show about, you know, the history we have here musically. It just keeps getting better and better. Have you had Tina Lee on? You know, she's yes, got that new did. book with the, the stars. I just got a copy of that. Um, wow. Um, in fact, I got it from your wife. And I've been looking and reading it that my wife has, too. That's so funny. But, uh, yeah, love that and some of the folks you know i wasn't aware because you know the book you know goes deep in history and of course mm-hmm. i was aware of roy orbison and mm-hmm. and marty stewart and some others but i'm reading about some others and it's like fascinating this is just a cool place well i think it's a, a great title they came up with the southern icons of hendersonville yeah and when you start and it it shocked me. I mean, she sent me the book, and I, I'm not a book reader, but I got to tell you, I could not stop reading. I read the entire book in one sitting. It's just fun. It you know. really is. And you really know, when is. you realize, and you start, they have street names where people live, and it's like, well, I don't know where that is. You know, didn't realize so and so lived over there. That's very cool. Because you know, when you drive down the street, I don't know who lives everywhere. I'm yeah. not one of those folks. But uh, not that I haven't driven past the old cash property. Yes, guilty as charged. You yeah, got me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, we had uh, Buddy Sadler, which you, you know. Gosh, yes, we worked uh, together time back in the day. Yeah. yeah, and you know he he worked here back in the early days, and he told a story about how Johnny and June used to just come down, walk in the radio station, stop and by, just 
just stop by and say hey and of course he didn't really know country music so he didn't really know what to ask but he sure you know, he said i got my way through it but i mean tammy Wynette would come in just come and hang out at the radio station that's so cool that's how it was back in the day yeah I mean, i'll I tell you a sumner county story i walked in to the uh, sheriff's department uh, up in gallatin some years back working on a story this was back when i was getting out of the office a little more than i do now i don't know what i was doing but i needed to speak to the sheriff so popped in go in there three of the oak ridge boys were in there just in there i think they had some special you know uh, card or something that allowed them to you know to mm-hmm. go armed uh, and of course they're you know uh, famous but it's like you never know who you're going to run That's into right. i go in restaurants all the time it's like there's jimmy fortune throw up a hand you know yeah, yeah. you know and just say hello or you know um tg shepherd and mm-hmm. kelly lang i mean you never know who you're going to run into exactly well it's it, it's a fun place to be and there's so much to do now that the the weather hopefully <laughs> looks nice now but it could change any minute and it's going to yeah, yeah. and the, you know when the lake opens back up and people are starting but it's still amazing even when it's cold I was uh, amazed how many of these bass fishermen would be dragging his boats out on Old Hickory, oh, and it's man. like thirty degrees. I, I don't. I'm not that. Apparently, prime bass fishing weather. I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't have a boat either. But that is such a money maker, and you don't really think of the lake as a money maker. But every now and then, they'll have one of those like FLW fishing tournaments. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. But you see them, and they just take over the parking lot, and they're in there, yeah. and they're weighing, and they've got all the boats, and it's like, my lord, there's just. And you know, you realize what an economic. You know draw that is all these people are here because we have this huge nice lake yeah absolutely and the, and a lot more are coming i was uh, talking with barry young director of tourism here in summer county and he is uh, really excited about the things that are, are coming up you know but the new hockey rink that over at the goat farm the predators involved in that it's really kind of close to his office i want his building by the way i love that old place it is it's and you, nice. you walk in there and you just sense history yes you know? exactly so there's some great things that from summer county tourism coming up that's going to be really great for summer county I'm Unfortunately, they have all found us. <laughs> no longer a secret. No, that's for real. So you've been you've been doing the news at Fox for how long now? About fifteen years. I think I'm coming up on my fifteenth year anniversary. And I'm let's, seems like I started in the summer of '07. You know, May, June, something like that. And I had worked at another station in town for a very similar amount of time. And uh, you start doing the math on that, and it's like, Lord, you're getting old. And you're only yeah. 39. I know. I know. <laughs> celebrating another anniversary anytime. So you're the Walter Conkite of Middle Tennessee. Most you know, trusted man. You know, you'd, you'd like to think that, um, you know, you, you work your whole career trying to, you know, be an honest, uh, you know, person, honest practitioner of the medium. Fewer people are watching, Jeff, though. I mean, that's just how it is. You hope that over time people come to trust you and, uh, and you know, hope that's the case. And you, you, the whole effort is trying to serve. It's not about me. It's about everybody else. And But hopefully, to your point, you know, the things that they see you at, they realize, okay, this guy's serving the community. You know, I mean, yes, this is my time off, and 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 you're here, just like you know, celebrating your child who's playing music or or involved in sports or showing up at the sports bank when you're helping out with a scouting event, uh, or or you know, going to one of the retirement homes here in town just to speak to the residents, you know, tell yeah. some old stories like what we're doing right here, yeah, absolutely, and, you know, just part of being part of the community. Well, you know, when, when we come back, I'm going to take a break, but when we come back on the other side, I want to talk about the news and the negativity in news. And maybe you can enlighten people, say, why do we cover all of the bad news? But 
We also cover the good stuff. We're going to talk more about that. And we're talking with uh, Scott Couch. He's the anchor over at Fox 17 News right here. So we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with more FNM Bank Sumner County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon. We're going to continue our conversation with uh, Mr. Scott Couch, and uh, he's the news anchor at Fox 17. And you can see him Monday through Friday at the 5:39 and 10 newscast. So you can check him up there and see how handsome he is. And please do. I have children to feed. Please watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we all, and, and I think if you have to live under a rock, if you don't understand what's going on in, in the world right now with all the negative, I mean, Ukraine, the, the Russia thing, and, and then here locally, we, we focus here locally. We like to know what's going on. That's why we tune in so you guys can let us know. But I got to tell you, it, it, it's almost hard to watch some of the newscasts anymore because of everybody shooting each other, you know, and how these how these things are happening. And and you guys probably have a different philosophy on what gets aired and what doesn't. You know, I think all the stations probably, you know, have some sort of a, a philosophy. We have a decidedly different one that I think you can, well, there's absolutely no way you can watch and not realize, yeah, they're doing uh, something different. What we concentrate on every day is essentially accountability journalism. I mean, virtually every story that's associated with a reporter that's in our newscast is associated with holding the powerful accountable, demanding questions of the mayor, the city council, the health department, uh, the governor, um, the, the nonprofit, you know, doing something. And, uh, and homelessness has been uh, an issue that we've uh, yeah. really been covering. And um, and it's something that I suggested, um, not tooting my own horn, i just been around a long time. And I said, I'm telling you the way that homelessness is presenting itself in my life, because not only do I work around here, I live around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, within a few feet of where you and I are standing, we're you know, 25 miles from downtown Nashville, there's a homeless person who makes it their perch down there right beside uh, Cheddar's hitting everybody coming in and out. And there are other intersections in, in Hendersonville. Sure. We're just talking Hendersonville um, where, you know, now they're not just downtown, you know, hustling and in your face. They are in the burbs. And we need to talk about this because I see people living underneath overpasses in a way that was never allowed before. Mm-hmm. They're camping out on sidewalks. We it's we can't ignore this problem. And we've got to press our city and county leaders to do something about it. So that's one of the things we're concentrating on. I mean, there's generally a story three, four times a week. But sure. every reporter story we do is associated with accountability. And people say to me all the time, I don't watch the news uh, anymore. In fact, they, they they seem to go out of their way to let me know they don't watch the news. And it's like, thank you so much. I'm going to show up at your work and tell you I don't value what you do. But, uh, um, you know, we're in a service industry, but I'm thinking if you really would watch, then all these complaints that you're talking about, not all, but, you know, and people's complaints are not all invalid, but they say it's all crime. Not on our station. Not on my newscast. Now, I'll say, I don't watch the morning news because I've got to sleep sometimes. You do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I work when they sleep. They sleep, they work when I'm sleeping. And, you know, yeah. you know, we return the favor. So I don't know exactly what they do uh, overnight. I don't claim to be an authority on that. But in our broadcasts, we don't have a gob of crime. And uh, I'm the guy that gets up and says, why Why are we reporting this? Somebody we I don't know and you don't know and most of our viewers don't know was shot by somebody else we don't know in an area. And, you know, we have a lot of young people. I'm the only person in the room 
room that even knows where this street is. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just trying to draw yeah. a point. Yeah. And these, this is in Nashville. Yeah. You know, folks in Sumner County have less than no idea where this side street is. Yeah. And uh, we take a lot of things out. You know, we get a lot of things from the police department, but uh, we do not report every crime that happens uh, in uh, in my broadcast. Sure. Uh, now, and here, we don't. Here's a here's a thought. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we walk people through? on the process of, of how this actually gets to you to go on air. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, we take in information these days, um, you know, on the phone, a lot of emails, things like that. And, you know, people say, you know, what's the best way to do it? Any way that you can get it on the air or to let somebody know about it is, uh, is the, you know, you don't do one thing, you do them all. Like uh, I tell public relations folks, sometimes they're trying to figure out, you know, well, I have reporters who get paid to tell stories. Um, we largely do these accountability stories these days, but not always. Sometimes it's just a neat story about a couple of Boy Scouts who saved, uh, you know, uh, flood victims in Wilson County and used their scout training. And we do things like that. Yeah. Reach out to somebody you like on television tell them about it. If I'm in the PR business, I'm picking up people at every station and I write people like me because I get hundreds of emails a day. But you know what? I look at every one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's not something you know that I'm personally going to do, I pass it along to one of the reporters who gets paid to find a story. We have an assignment desk, somebody who's essentially keeping up with what all the reporters and photographers are doing. You can reach out to them. Mm-hmm. We've got a news director and uh, you, you don't reach out to him or her just because they're too know. busy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they will you know, eventually get uh, Get involved and we have editorial meetings every day where we talk about things what are we going to cover we do it virtually these days by the way since uh, since covid hit we all get together but we're on a computer screen i can see you you can see me you know but, but it's all rather than getting in the same room where um, if one of us has covid or a cold or the flu or whatever we're not giving it to everybody else but and we talk about it and you know you make your pitch you know jeff shannon makes his pitch and um, i might come on and say hey you know that's great but haywood county is not in our viewing area right. you know there's not anybody in Haywood County who is watching. I've been to Haywood County. I know where it is. And and you're 25 and you haven't been around here very long and you <laughs> thought it was next door. And I'm telling you, it's two and a half hours away and nothing happens. There's really news here. Right. And, yeah. you know, and you you just, uh, you know, open your mic and say it instead. Let's see what the, you know, more local counties are doing in that same vein. You can still do the story, but you can't use them as an example. I think people would appreciate the conversation really would because we we question, well, should we be doing that? Well, is it really their fault? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and uh, I think you, I think people would appreciate the conversation that's had editorially. Well, I, th- I think that's important because you just can't report negative news. I mean, it's we know it's out there. We know kids are shooting each other. It's hideous that it has to happen, but seriously. I mean, it's like, okay, there's so many positive things going on. There's so many great people that are in this community. They're doing great things that people really like to watch. You know, people will say, you know, there's never anything good in the newscast. It's like, I'm there every day. I've got a hand. If it came out of my mouth, I had a hand in in the writing of it because um, the presentation, and you know this, um, is an extension of how I speak and how I think so that when it comes out, hopefully it's organic. It sounds like he's talking to me because he is. Um, these are words he uses. Uh, and I don't use words I don't use. And I don't use words that people don't know what mean. It's all part of the the, the process. But uh, Well, of course, you never use a teleprompter. You have everything memorized. No, no. Of course, you know that. Um, but but, but did, they ever, uh, did they ever throw things on the teleprompter? You're going, oh, no. I did not say it. Oh, no, 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 no. But back to the original point about the positive things. There are probably 10 or 15. I mean, absolutely nothing but positive stories in the broadcast every day about things that you know may help your aging mother who's suffering from diabetes or something to something that's just cute or 
funny or just neat to see. Mm -hmm. And so people say, it's never anything with this. That's just not the case. And you need to be informed, as heartbreaking as the mm-hmm. things that are happening right now over in Ukraine are, and there are a lot of local connections, people you know from there. Sure. We have to let you know about what's going on because at some point our country you know, could be pulled into an expanded conflict. I hope not. You know, why are we not rushing you know, to their aid and opposing you know, the, uh, the Russians? You know, you gotta have this conversation. What does it mean to be a NATO member? And if you attack a NATO member like Poland, yes, we're in it because the whole, you know, treaty says if you attack one, you attack us all. We're a brotherhood, a sisterhood. And that means something. And you've got to let people know because, you know, I mean, we could become involved in it. And we've got men and women who are in the in the Eastern European theater right now in case they're needed to provide security. And, and if you come this way, we will oppose you. Exactly. Now, you have uh, three newscasts that you're anchoring. Yes. How much does the news change between each one? I mean, you have some of the same stories because it's, you know, if it's breaking news or it's a big story, you're, you're going to be covering those. But does, does the newscast change? Do you have a different flavor each for each newscast? Big time. And okay. uh, I'll tell you, Jeff, you know, we, you know, I mentioned fewer people are watching the news because they all think they know everything because, you know, we get updates on our cell phone and, uh, and we listen to the radio throughout the day. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting information just all over the place, you know, from from cable news and what have you. Increasingly, we have to tell you about things that are going on now or that happen between the newscast or there's, you know, that there's no way you could know about this. Otherwise, I'm irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So increasingly, okay, we're going to do that story. How do we push it forward? Okay, at five, we told you that, uh, 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 you know, some significant committee within the legislature approved a piece of legislation that uh, is going to impact us in this way. Well, we told you right after the vote, okay, we told you now you've got to find somebody whom this impacts directly that now I get to choose my own school or um, now if my school is failing, I get to choose another location or I'm a business owner and they've placed some sort of restriction on me. And I'll give you an example. The legislature moved forward a significant bill that we've been talking about that involves the training of security guards and bouncers at our nightclubs. And, you know, we all go places and eat, uh, you know, in Nashville and elsewhere. Well, heretofore, there was, a, I guess, an opening in the door that would allow some of these security officers with no training at all to be on the job. Well, last summer, a bunch of guys with no training at all ended up uh, being involved in uh, the choking death of a patron of a guy who was, you know, his name was uh, Dallas, his first Mm -hmm. name, DJ Barrett. And uh, so they're calling it DJ's law, but lawmakers are moving forward, closing the door that everybody has to be trained uh, in de-escalation training. Every one of these security officers moving forward will have to uh, be trained in CPR so that if somebody does fall out or you happen to, in the process of restraining them, uh, they're not breathing, you can begin resuscitation. And and, and this is important because we all go to places and DJ Barrett was somebody's son mm-hmm. and not somebody right. in some far-flung place right here in Middle Tennessee. Sure. And his mom leaned on the legislature and said, that's not right. Mm-hmm. It ought not be. And uh, so anyway, we were following that. And that's just yesterday. Yeah. You know. But I think that's important because, I mean, there, there's never been any training for bouncers. Just you show up. Not much. everybody down. There you know, are licensed security officers, rules. I yes, want to say. Yeah, but, yeah. but a lot of these places didn't have to use them. Right. And then there's some, uh, you know, back in the day, um, I mean, they would hire us off duty to come and do security. You know, not so much a bouncing thing. We wouldn't jump on that because yeah. that's too much of a liability. And you're I, talking, I, you, I don't know if you guys know this, Jeff used to be in law enforcement, so he's yeah. talking off-duty law enforcement. Yeah. What, what better than an off-duty law enforcement? Right. Sir, you know the law. 
You know, and we would get calls from those guys. Oh, yes. Hey, I got this guy in here, and you know, then we got to come in and, and deal with it. Yeah, I think I think it's a, a great thing that these guys get that extra training because you're in a situation when you're with intoxicated individuals that don't act rationally, and how you're going to de-escalate that, which I think is very important that they, Wonderful training. they understand that, and then how to do it. I mean, how do you escalate your use of force to get done what you need to do so we don't have injury to other patrons in the facility? So I think it's it's a good thing, and I hope what's the outcome of that? They voted on it, or yes, it's moving forward in the okay. legislature. Yes, we're yeah. moving along. And yeah, another thing we've been talking about just in the last you know couple of days is uh, I guess the aggressive panhandling down on oh. Broadway, and you know it affects patrons, it affects you and me and our family if we go down there, and uh, the I guess the merchants and there's I mean we're talking multi multi hundreds of millions of dollars you know rolling through that 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 you know helps our city and our state roll. I don't want people coming to Nashville and the, the going home and saying well the homeless people are really in your face and yeah. they, they weren't doing anything and the merchants were saying look you know we've, we've made a deal with the city in terms of uh, you know what we're putting up you know some money and and some financing that's generated from this district to hire police officers and on Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday there is a greater police presence but we need that same presence on Monday Tuesday and Wednesday because we have become about an 18 or 19 hour a day city seven days a week sure and I've always wondered this why do they allow those folks to hang out on Broadway yeah they, that should they should be banned from that because that's what people are new people coming here that's their impression and they're laying on there and it's it should not be allowed I mean you know the other day when Garth uh, announced he's going to be involved in a honky tonk down on Broadway yeah, yeah. I wondered about the building and I thought it was going to be the Paradise Park building because mm-hmm. I thought it was these brothers he's, so anyway I go up on Google Maps and just put in like 411 Broadway just to make sure I'm right and I did the little turnaround and who do I see <laughs> leaning up against the fence no. and I'm thinking why do they allow that yeah. outside you know you just need to police officer I'm sorry sir you're going to have to move along Mm-hmm. Can't, yeah. You can't camp out here with your sign. Yeah. Move along. Yeah. Well, and I hope something gets done with that because it's it's definitely an eyesore and it's not a reflection well uh, on Nashville as a, a great destination for people to come. Don't so. kill the, the, the goose that lays the golden egg. Right. Hey, listen, we're talking with Scott Couch, uh, anchor over at uh, Fox 17 News. Scott, man, thank you so much for, for coming in and uh, taking your time. I know you got to head out of here. And so that's going to wrap up this edition of Summer County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll see you next time. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.